0: Or spirit, one spirit, is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. And so I invite you in this moment to take a, a mindful breath. Just feel that. Feel what that feels like coming in and going out in your own rhythm and your own time. And then on the next breath, in your own rhythm once again, to breathe in the pain and suffering that is unfolding on this planet right now, taking it in deeply and breathing out love and relief. For that is truly what we are. We are the individualized expressions of this infinite, powerful beyond measure, And when we stand in the grace and the surrender and the co-creation and the partnership with the divinity that animates sustains and supplies that life force that moves upon this planet and in and through and as us, that that perfect life, that divine life, that life of spirit is the life that I am, that we are. That we teach a philosophy of oneness because that is the truth of our being, that that life Spirit's life is my life. And so I just give thanks this day, knowing that each and every one of us is guided and directed in every good way. I activate gratitude in my heart and my being right now because I know it duplicates the nature of spirit. To stand in the gratitude of life, the generosity, the outpicturing and outpouring of creativity, of beautiful music to hear, ears to hear with, that vibration of the Most High that, that God shows up so beautifully in the creativity, in the creation. And so we are immersed in it, and it is immersed in us. And to stand in that awareness this day in great gratitude for those that have gone before us, for the wisdom teachers who have blessed our lives, for the great masters that have come down through the ages to transform consciousness, we are part of this tribe of light. And so I just give thanks knowing something powerful and beautiful is finding its way in and through and as each and every one of us bringing healing, comfort, direction, inspiration and aliveness and vitality, despite what is going on behind, beyond and in the world. And so I stand with you in this moment, standing in unity, standing in oneness, knowing that for each one of us that we are informed, guided, and directed for our next step, our next knowing, and to trust the mystery as well of not knowing, but standing in faith. For this I give thanks and I invite you to say with me, and so it is, All right, here we go. I guess we're already going, aren't we? But, you know, um, So I'm going to invite you to stand up, grab a partner, find somebody that you will interact with. I'm going to invite Linda Wolf, the beautiful and talented Linda Wolf, to come up and be my partner. And we're going to look that person in the eye, or over, pretend like you're looking in their eye, <laughs> and say, thank you for being here today. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being alive on the planet. Thank you for being alive on this planet. You have gifts to share. You have gifts to share. You have love to share. You have love to share. You have power to reveal. And you have power to reveal. And you have potential to fulfill. And you have potential to fulfill. Let's make the world a better place. Let's make the world a better place. All right, and so it is. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. All right, I'm here to tell you that it's no accident that you're here today, because we are agents of change, and the status quo of what the world looks like right now is just an indicator of where we are on the path, but none of us are stuck. And I wanna, it's amazing, I picked these talk titles several weeks ahead of time, and then I had an opportunity with the, what's up, been showing up on the planet um, to kind of influence, because I think it's important to make it real and talk about what's happening. And if we, don't, if we can't capture a perspective, it's very easy for us to spin in the race consciousness we'll te- that will tell us that, that hatred is the way. And all of us know throughout history that hatred has never solved anything. So we've activated the two or more. We've spoken our word about one another and accepted it from another person. It's very powerful to move into that partnership. And there's a list of our talk titles uh, on the next slide for this month. And today's talk is the freedom to worship. And it's very interesting how this all unfolded for me because it was inspired by an an event that Laura and I experienced. And I thought, I'm going to weave this in one day. And the freedom to worship, what's that all about? Dr. Holmes said this uh, from the Essential Ernest Holmes, page 167, if you're following along in your book. He said the world is beginning to realize that it has learned all it should through suffering and pain. We're beginning to realize that we've learned. We don't always have to learn through suffering and pain. And yet it's such a popular spiritual path, isn't it, for people to, to learn through suffering and pain? Then there's been a lot of suffering and pain that we've seen and experienced this last several weeks, Months. And it's ongoing. And it seems to accelerate. So what's going on with this thing? We just had this incident in Dallas. And we've had all of these lives taken um, by people that are in positions of authority. And so then, then frustration shows up and revenge and punishment and all those things that are very popular ideas. So how do we manage that? And how do we walk a path of grounded in the truth of our being and yet be in the world but not of the world, as Jesus said? So I want to share with you a picture Um, that Norman Rockwell did. It's four pictures. It's based on a a talk, um, a State of the Union address that that Franklin Delano Roosevelt gave in 1941. So there was fighting going on in Europe. I'm not sure. I think in 1941 is when the bombing of Pearl Harbor uh, happened with the Japanese, and then the United States uh, was declared war. But what uh, these four pictures represent are the four freedoms that Roosevelt talked about. And he had a vision for the world. He said, this, he said the future, in the future days we shall seek to make secure, we will look forward to a world founded in the four essential human freedoms. Freedom of speech, freedom to worship, freedom from want, and freedom from fear. And so here was a man that was a visionary that saw this as a possibility for all of humanity. I don't think he would get elected in the, the political climate right now. He's more like Bernie Sanders than any of the other candidates. But it's interesting to see what a visionary he was to say, this is possible, this is for us. He was the one that started Social Security in the United States, or, you know, Canadian pension plan, as you know it here. And a lot of people didn't like that. Why would we have a Social Security take care of one another? It's every man for himself. Let's pull up our bootstraps and get on with it. And yet he understood that it's important to take care of one another. It's part of it. It's part of life. How much stuff do we need? And not at least provide something for one another. So he, was a, he, he pushed a lot of buttons when he came along. So the first one that uh, he talks about is the freedom of fear. And it's a picture. It's one. Of, so, so Norman Rockwell took these and he painted these. Now, I, the very uh, personal and wonderful story that I want to share about this. This picture that is here is a print of his golden rule. And the golden rule is alive in all traditions. And in the golden rule, it says, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Find it in every tradition on the planet. And so Laura and I took a trip. We went out to uh, the Omega Institute and we, we did a meditation practice for a week and then we rented a car and we drove through New England. And we went to Cooperstown and we went to the Baseball Hall of Fame, which was great. I love that and got to see that. And then we went up to the Finger Lakes and we found a location where Chuck Pettis had built this little, I don't know, it was a sacred, he, Chuck had done the branding for our organization. He said, I, the first one of these I built, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a, sort of a sphere that uh, represents creativity and aliveness. He said, the first one I did was in Ithaca, New York. So we drove to Ithaca and we saw it, found it. And then we were driving back towards uh, New York City and we stumbled into Stockbridge, Stockbridge, Massachusetts. And Tanglewood is there. And that night, we didn't know what James Taylor was performing. So we thought we'd try and get tickets, which we couldn't. But it's actually where the museum is for Norman Rockwell's paintings. And Norman Rockwell did many of the covers for the Saturday Evening Post. And so if it looks familiar, you probably have seen it somewhere along the line. He's done amazing, amazing work. But if you look at this one, if you come up afterwards, his face is right in the middle of it. He would insert himself in various photos or or, or portraits that he did. But um, all of the traditions are portrayed there or at least suggested there. So he's standing next to the rabbi who's standing next to the Muslim. And of course, on his far left is the, you know, someone from the Chinese tradition a Taoist, perhaps and it looks like a you know a Christian mother holding a baby and then the African children and all the various races on the planet and traditions but it's really about the inclusiveness and you know we've had people who have gone through, down through the ages that have, have inspired us or invited us into this relationship and I think it's such a beautiful portrayal so this hangs in our crystal bedroom if you go in there Laura and I decided to get it framed and hang there and it's going with us if we ever leave here, by the way, but I just want to let you know. So. <laughs> it's got our name on the back of it. I just said, you know, I'm making sure that you know this. is a, this. Not that I'm hoarding, but it's very near and dear to me. And I thought more people would enjoy it there than would uh, hanging in our home. But, it, but this first one is freedom of fear. And, and so Rockwell, Norman Rockwell was inspired by this speech that um, uh, Franklin Roosevelt gave. And so the freedom of fear, it translates into a world. It means a worldwide reduction of armaments to such a point and in such a thorough fashion that no nation will be in a position to commit an act of physical aggression against any neighbor. This was his vision. This is what he articulated to the world. That no nation would have enough armaments to hurt another nation. I mean, can you imagine that? A world that looked like that now? What has happened since 1941? Yeah. Yeah. And in it, I want to read uh, something from Dr. Holmes here on, on uh, the freedom from fear. He says, we must know definitely and consistently that the universe is for us and not against us. If we understand that there's a force that is for us and not against us, because we can come up with so many arbitrary and superstitions. See, one thing I love about this teaching is that it gets rid of all the superstition. All the woo-woo, woo-woo. It's just life. It's energy. Einstein said it's all energy. We shall have to learn that evil is neither person, place, nor a thing of itself, but is an experience which we are allowed to have because of our divine individuality. We have been given complete freedom. Complete freedom to choose and live and however we want to live. If we want to go down the path of self-destruction, self-loathing, murder ourselves slowly through addiction of chemicals and lifestyle, we're free to do it. The infinite says, you got it, baby, I love you. Whatever you decide to do, I support you. A life of hatred, smallness, greed, competition. That's part of it. But, and that's one choice, or that's one mindset. But to, to live in freedom and also understand the opportunity we have, and the responsibility we have to our soul. Because when we go off the rails, we start to lose our souls. And Holmes knew that. He says, Holmes says this, if if humanity, he says man, but I'll I'll, I'll make it politically correct because I know at the time he wrote that we weren't as awake as we are now. So he used man. But when humanity, if humanity takes his image of thought only from previous experiences, then he continues in the bondage which which those previous experiences create. If we talk about discord, we shall become more discordant. That's that's, That's common sense, isn't it? It's so simple. The more the world arms for war, the more certain it is that there will be war. And what do we see? We see more weapons now than ever before. Because if we're making them, we're probably going to use them, and it reflects that consciousness. And so I'm I'm just reporting at this point in time, but Dr. Holmes wrote this in the 1920s. Eventually, we shall understand that all human bondage is an invention of ignorance. And it is ignorant, what we see unfolding on the planet, that we actually think we can kill one another that one group that feels marginalized and oppressed, and it's been recorded now, which is important. So we see police officers behaving in ways that, that betray the public trust and betray what we, we, we hope they will carry forward for us. And then we see the other side reacting in a way that, that it just says, okay, this group, because this group's bad, I'm gonna go find that, uh, that group, whoever they are. I won't know them, but I will kill them. And it's hatred. And so you see hatred meeting hatred, and it's never solved anything. We know this. We have enough recorded history to know that our hatred will not benefit ourselves or one another. But it's interesting to watch it and unfold on the planet. So what do we do as, as attempting to be as awake and aware on this planet now as we possibly can? Because it's hard to be awake and aware and not judge and point fingers and, and, and line up in certain camps. And I think it's why it's important to have this conversation. But there is nothing to fear at the end of the day. Why would we, why would we not trust this force that is for us? Why wouldn't we not develop a greater and deeper relationship of listening and trusting our own intuition, our own hearts of what we're called to be? Why would we not trust life or one another or ourselves? But so few people do. And it's fear. It's just fear. And so I think it's important when we pull it into the light, we can look at it and ask ourselves, is this truly the life that I want to live? And where is is fear still alive in in my life? Because I'll start to slip into it too. But the beautiful thing is now more than ever, I'm able to catch myself and not slide into it and make it a, a, a way of life. I can go there for an hour, but not for a week. It just costs too much. And I know that this infinite divine intelligence that is seeking expression through me is, is more interested in, a, is interested in something more interesting. And I know that if I spend my time hating back, as soon as I remove, do my forgiveness work, which may not change the relationship ever, that other person may hate me even more. But what it does is it opens up, it's an opening within me for something more interesting. Because it's so popular, when someone really hates you, oh, I'll hate you right back. And yet, when we stop that, we stop that internal war with ourselves, something shifts. And what shifts is us. And, and, and allow them the freedom. You know, pray for their highest and their furthest. You know, like I say, don't go away angry, just go away. <laughs> the, next, the next slide is freedom from want that Roosevelt talked about. Freedom from want. And he said... It translates into a world that means economic understanding which will secure to every nation a healthy peacetime life for its inhabitants everywhere in the world. A healthy peacetime life for its inhabitants everywhere in the world. I mean, this guy was amazing, was he not? He was articulating these things, and this is possible. What happened? How do we get to this point? Peacetime for everyone, a world that works for everyone. This is part of what this looks like. And what he says here, what Dr. Holmes says about freedom from want, he says, he says someone says, I cannot imagine God not caring. That's, you know, and that's a very popular idea, God not caring. I cannot either, as Holmes says. But we are dealing with law. We are dealing with a law that Einstein talked about. It's a law. And the law can only respond to what we are feeding to it and giving to it. And God can only do for us what God can do through us. And that depends on the opening that we create. So what is a law? Does the law of electricity care whether it cooks the dinner or burns the house? It doesn't. It's just a law. Whether it electrocutes a criminal or warms a saint. I mean, we might care about that. But the, law, the electricity doesn't care, and that's the law he's talking about. It is impersonal. And yet there's a quality of it that is so unconditionally loving as well but the law always says yes. Whether it electrocutes a criminal or warms a saint, of course it does not. Does the urge which impels people to express care, whether a man kneels in ecstasy or lies drunk in the gutter? We are dealing with law, and it follows that since we're dealing with the law, it will ultimately bring back to us the result of the forces which we set in motion through it. We are the initiators. So once again you go back to the hate and hating the world and getting scared because there's bad people out there and there are people that are they're they're not bad. They think they're doing the right thing, the level of their own conscience. They're ignorant. And I don't mean ignorance as an insult, they just don't understand who they are and whose they are. So we spin, they spin in it. And they find another war war to wage. Holmes says the whole idea of morbidity that goes with religion is based on a sense of insecurity, on a sense of not being at home in the universe and not being wanted, needed, and loved and not belonging. There's a place to start. I am loved. You are loved. Not because we're better than one another, because it's our nature. It's who we are. And, when we, and see, the thing is, when we live from that space... You know, people think this is selfish. Find the one and do your meditation and do your prayer work. But when we're living from that space and we're not getting so caught up in all the drama and all the the stupidity that's going on in the world, we become better parents. We become better friends. We become better artists. We we become better people. Because we're we're grounded in the truth of our beings. When people show up and they're, they're crumbling, we can say, wait, wait, come here, come here. Let me talk to you for a little bit. Tell me what's going on. And we can listen from that consciousness. And sometimes just listening and letting them pour themselves out is a gift. Because that's their experience, but it's not the truth of their being. They are as loved and honored and cherished and supported and resourced as anyone. But that resentment and that fear has shut them down from that. And so we are here to live a life of freedom and abundance. At whatever level that means for all of us. And we get to decide that. The next slide is... The freedom of speech. And if you'll notice that one, that picture is based on the image of Abraham Lincoln. One of the greatest politicians and people that have made some of the greatest change on the planet. Amazing man. But that's a picture of Lincoln. The freedom of speech. Holmes says, all evil is either a misuse of this power or a misunderstanding of it. What we know about it is that what we hear we forget, what we see we remember, what we say we become. What are you saying? What are you declaring yourself to be? A victim? Angry? Broken? You made mistakes, and as he said, as I read earlier, you reach for the past, back into the past, and you pull up the brokenness from that. That was then, this is now. Don't let that define you. Let that inform you and inspire you to say, you know, I know what that feels like to do that. I'm not doing that anymore. That's the great thing about making mistakes, getting your heart's broken. Jeez, I don't want to break my own heart anymore. I don't want to diminish the quality of my soul by by acting in the same way. And I have an opportunity to act in a new way. I can do the same thing over again, but in a different way, in a different consciousness. So it doesn't mean wholesale change. It just means a shift and transformation of that interior mechanism that is triggering the doubt and the insecurity. To To be, you are all wanted. We're all wanted. We're needed. We're loved. We need, that's why we get up and say, thank you for being here. We're not just doing that to be cute. Thank you for being here. You're alive on this planet at this point in time to participate in this transformation that's going on right now. That's what's happening. And it so wants to happen that we're willing to give our own lives for it. People are sacrificing themselves at some deep level. So we'll wake up. Let's not squander this opportunity. Holmes says all evil is either a misuse of this power or a misunderstanding of it. Everything that is wrong in our experience, whether we call it pain, sickness, poverty, or unhappiness, is the denial of the allness of God. There is no way under heaven whereby we can think two kinds of thought and yet get only one result. It is impossible. And the sooner we realize it, the sooner we shall arrive. Healing the separation. We can't stand in in two camps. We have to come with a clarity and and a commitment and a devotion. And then speak our words from that. What we say we become and sometimes we have to practice it we call it it's an affirmation we encourage people to partner in prayer because that's what informs that infinite law that always just like electricity gives will always respond to what we give it I stand for love and if your life's a mess right now if you're broke financially and spiritually and morally and you start to affirm that I'm perfect whole and complete that I love and I, I belong It's probably going to take more than an afternoon to unravel all that, would you not say? Why can we not be loving and patient with ourselves and realize that, you know what, I'm going to continue to do this work and walk down this path until I get there. And you know what, it might take the rest of my life, but it's worth doing. And so much is grown by the devotion and the commitment to that and to building that discipline and that character so we can carry it. If it happened instantaneously, what value would there be in it? We have spent a lifetime building what we have now. Your sum total of your experiences has brought you to this moment. God bless you. God bless you for that, whatever it's been. And now it's an opportunity to use the law in a new and powerful way. And we do that through the freedom of speech. We can decide and declare whatever it is we want to declare And the last one is a picture of some people in worship. Freedom to worship. Holmes says this in Essential Ernest Holmes. He says, "How do we know the will of God is? How do we know what the, people I say the will of God? How do we know what the will of God is?" I've seen workshops, learn your life purpose. Everybody wants to know their life purpose. <clears throat> he says, "We do not, other than this. This is what we know. The will of God cannot be death." Why? Because if we assume God to be the principle of life, the principle of life cannot produce death without destroying itself. The will of life has only to be life, and therefore we should interpret the will of God to be everything that expresses life without hurt. Everything that expresses life without hurt. Am I in alignment with the will of God? Am I hurting myself or another person? Well, I'm probably gone off the rails. And that doesn't mean you're bad and wrong and evil. It just simply means you forgot who you were and the truth of your being. And so many people don't have that. So many people go to, go to uh, um, uh, Sunday school and then they grow up and they repeat everything they learned in Sunday school. Sunday school is the on-ramp for little minds and little consciousness to get them accustomed to this idea of spirit, something beyond. But it's a, the, the fairy tales that get involved with that. And then I hear grown people talking about it. You know, Holmes said a loving God is not gonna condemn us to hell forever. This place where souls go for eternity? But that's a very popular idea out there with a bunch of people. And I love them and support them in saying what they feel free to say. It's freedom of speech, but I don't agree with them. I'm not standing with that camp. I put that down when I entered into the age of reason. So... We've had this experience in Dallas this last week where police officers were killed and, 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 and we've seen uh, black people be killed by police officers and the pushback from that and all of this chaos, the killings in um, Orlando, the man that went into the bar, the gay, the gay bar, and killed as many people as he could. You know, it goes on and on. It seems like every week we have another one and there's been bombings in the, in the Mideast again, lives, hundreds of lives given. So what's happening with this? Our teaching is called New Thought. And new thought is preparing us for times when we are maximally challenged. And we are maximally challenged today by what's happening. Dr. Holmes said, to abandon principle in your time of need is to not understand principle at all. It's the time when we ground ourselves and get really clear of what's going on out there. Florence Scovel Shin, great teacher, wrote the book, If Life is a Game, These are the Rules. She said, I now exercise my fearless faith in three ways, by thinking, speaking, and acting. And I am unmoved by appearances. I am unmoved by appearances. Therefore, appearances move. That's the power we have. That's the potential we have. But we've got to put all this nonsense down and realize who we are, the truth of our being, grounded in this moment. We see conflict, violence, racism, sexism, and more playing out seemingly everywhere. And it seems that way to me. Every time I turn on the computer, there's, a, there's another thing. It's like, what? what is this a new one? And it's just like, what happened with my computer here? But we have been taught as metaphysicians, as new thought shepherds, we have been taught how to re- attain right perspective or the capacity to see a different picture than what is be- appearing before us. We know that healing is revealing, that dis-ease must first reveal itself before it can be healed, correct diagnosis. If you don't identify the error belief that you have or the misidentity you have or however you want to characterize it, it's very difficult to shift and change it. There has to be an awareness. There has to be a light shown upon it. We know that much of human behavior is a cry for love and acceptance and that ignorance and fear lead, lead to the majority of our suffering. It is ignorance and fear what we're seeing on the planet. When we see stupidity and, and violence, this trauma and, and this idea that I have to destroy someone else to feel good about myself or to make it right. Seen from this light, what is occurring in many places is the rising of symptoms of deeper disease to the surface. My teacher said this to me 20 years ago. She said it's going to get worse before it gets better because there's a huge shift in consciousness going on. And I'm not making light of it. It's tragic. It breaks my heart open every time I see it. I, Saturday I was crying for a bit as I looked at it again. I thought, oh my gosh, this is just awful. Because that's the challenge. We, we stand with an open heart. How do you keep your heart open and, and witness this and be in it without closing it down? Reverend Christy Hartwick wrote this and put, and put it on Facebook. She's one of our ministers that lives in Oakland. She's a brilliant woman. She said, toxins will create disease and they will seek release. Like in the body fevers, blisters, rashes, eruptions, the body will show its reaction before it shows its healing ability. The collective social body is erupting and the disease cannot be contained and must demonstrate so that we must admit we are sick and we need to heal. The sign of unrest and turmoil actually are signs that the healing has begun. We are waking up a society saying, no more. No more, but few have any idea of the deeper meaning of what is happening. So they treat the appearance of disease as something to stop, to crush, and to change. It is like many of our medicines, masking symptoms in the process inhibit or even cancel out the healing process naturally at work. So many times, once again, if we don't understand what is created, the consciousness that created the, the discord or disease within the physical body, and we don't shift that consciousness, it'll come back. But that we, we're so powerful with our medications now that we can mask those things. And you've seen it over and over again. People you know what they, they, they battle through a, a, a situation or experience of cancer, and then it'll come back in a few years. Well, metaphysically and energetically, the root cause hasn't been shifted or transformed but we're powerful enough with our medicines to change it. Look, if we, if we continue to operate as that, that we don't belong and we're not good enough and we need to be punished, we can, we can cure AIDS and we can cure all the diseases and we can stop the wars and we will find another way to kill ourselves and one another, guaranteed. It's like moving the deck chairs around on the Titanic. A ship's still going down. I mean, that's how powerful we are. Our society needs shepherds. Our society needs shepherds. This is, comes from um, Reverend Dr. Jim Lockhart. Our society needs shepherds, people of wisdom who can be active at every sphere of our culture to bring that wisdom to bear. Wisdom bearers, shepherds of consciousness. And we don't have to wear T-shirts that say anything on them. We just have to show up awake and aware. To speak a word of truth where there is an absence of awareness. To call for love when there is an absence of compassion. And to offer optimism when pessimism becomes dominant. To be present as a being of love and light. We need nurturers who will support the unfolding healing process of our society so that minimal harm is done. So let's know that this transformation is taking place. But let us continue to open our hearts to one another and to the world, to ourselves and those around us. And let's look at those areas in our life where we're still discounting ourselves with self, uh, self-resentment because it doesn't serve anyone. It's a boondoggle. Let's free that energy to do something different and more interesting and more in alignment with the truth of our being. When we do that, we can hospice what needs to, to die and, and midwife what is ready to be born. She finishes with this quote. She says, I have become part of the world Reverend Christine Hartwick again. I have become part of the world and therefore part of its experience. This is what we are here in the body for, not to just transcend the everyday, but to experience it fully and still recognize that we are more than this and to love in spite of hurts and sorrows and disappointments, to love harder when we feel trampled on and hurt. When we're trampled on and hurt, to love harder. That's serious practice. A lot of people can't do that. Won't do that. Wouldn't even consider that because you feel like you're a victim. But when we understand, when we stand in the truth of our being, there's no victim there. I'm here to love. I'm here to be a light. To hold wide open the heart that wants to explode with despair. So like many others before me, weighing in on today's question, what to do? What do we do? What do we do? We get to love bigger. Despite what's going on out there. Love bigger. And let that inform us, our actions and where we're going, what we're doing. Start with yourself and let it flow from there. Love has no equal, and it is an action word. And it is. So I wanted to just tie in with some of these um, freedoms today, with some practices. Well, Holmes said this, The road to freedom lies not through mysteries or occult performances, but through the intelligent use of natural forces and laws. As Einstein said, and Greg Braden said, it's physics. It's physics. What makes it fuzzy for us is we get our hearts involved, which is not a bad thing, because the heart is that, the energetic of it behind what we set the intention for. So we've got to have that as well. But, and when it's in alignment with the truth of being and the highest and best for everyone, it is so potent and beautiful beyond measure. So we are alive at this point in time to witness this and be part of it, participate in a way that we midwife that which is seeking expression. Krishnamurti said, it is no measure of health to be well adjusted to a sick society. There's a lot of sickness out there. There's a lot of ignorance out there. Once again, not in judgment, but in observation. And I ain't walking with that tribe. So the practices... Number one, practice. I refuse to be, in, to be in an adversarial relationship. An adversarial relationship with myself, with life, with truth, with what's unfolding. I won't do it. And where I'm doing that with myself or others, I'm going to find something more interesting to do and I'm going to bring healing to it. If I'm hating someone or I'm suspicious of someone or fearing someone, I'm going to dissolve that, I'm going to breathe that in, I'm going to dissolve it and transform it. And it might take a while. It might take a while. So it's not, a, it's not if, it's when. I remember what I say I become. Are the things that you're saying to yourself and to others in alignment with what you decide to become? I work with love and the law to create an inspired life. Everything I give it, this infinite presence is yes. And am I lining myself up with the things that I'm passionate about, that I care about, that I love? A world that works for everyone. As as Roosevelt said in 1941, a world where there's resources and there's education, where there's not not enough armaments for one nation to hurt another nation. I guess somewhere along the line that message got uh, ignored. Every day I give my thoughts and my heart to what I treasure, to what I choose to worship. We are worshiping every day. Many people worship the next acquisition. They worship money. They worship power. We talked about that last week. You know, the, the temptations that Jesus and Buddha went through. They were, they were offered power over all of it. And they said no. At separate times, each one said no. I didn't come here to control. I came here to teach and to love. And we've come here to teach and love. And to enjoy this beautiful planet and to um, enjoy the richness of it, the beauty of it. You know, I went in to get this picture this morning. It's in our crystal bedroom. And as I turned the key to go in the room, the music started in the crystal bedroom. And I just thought, there's God telling me that I'm doing the right thing. I'm like, I think I'm gonna bring that picture out today. And all of a sudden, the music in there, we have music that plays. I I turned the key, and I went, isn't it amazing what the Spirit will do in the world? Where's that music coming from? And it just started, just as a teacher. I thought, wow. I don't know unless the Crystal Bed volunteers have set that up and kind of trying to surprise me, but it was quite, it was quite, I took that as a sign of yes. Thank you, God. Hmm. Turning on that, that iPod. Dr. Holmes said this. Enjoy, go within yourself to meet life. Go within yourself to meet life. Expect it to respond. Know that it's going, that it's going to. Have no anxiety, relax, and trust, believe. Don't deny it. Begin with whatever affirmative and constructive thinking you have and build on that. Wherever you may be, whatever you may be, start right there. It doesn't matter because it's going to activate. It'll activate an energy within you. Refuse to be overcome by negative suggestions. Boldly step through through the place of doubt and plant your feet on the solid rock of faith. What the world needs right now more than ever is people that can love and love big. Mother Teresa says, love till it hurts. And eventually the hurt will go away and that's all that's left is love. Sometimes we've got to push through to love. But we're here to be the shepherds. We're here to stay awake and aware to the best of our ability, to continue to use spiritual practice to help create and give birth to a world that works for everyone. So blessings and thank you so much. So it is.